There are monsters and boogeymen that seem to scare people all over the world. But there seems to be one in particular that captivates the audience like no other. And that's the Skinwalker. I couldn't tell you why, but it seems like most people are enthralled by this crazy monster. So today, these viewers sent in what they claim to be allegedly true encounters with these beasts. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode of this series, be sure to submit your experience at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also go over to reddit at r slash thedarkswamp and submit your stories there. Now, without further ado, slap that like button, subscribe if you're new, and get ready for these creepy and allegedly true skinwalker horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. What I Found by Anonymous Sitting on the western side of the Missouri River is Omaha, Nebraska, a large metropolis that has been Nebraska's largest city for many years. It has witnessed many historical events throughout its almost 170 years. Like many cities, Omaha had many ethnic neighborhoods where new immigrants settled down with people of their kind. A section of town known for its meatpacking plants appropriately named South Omaha became the home of many Eastern Europeans, Poles, Czechs, Germans, Lithuanians, Slavics, Croatians, and more all resided here. However, many of these slaughterhouses closed as years passed and the area changed forever. A few remain, but the days of massive feedlots are gone. Growing up here, I was always told stories about South Omaha and its past. Many old buildings remained to act as silent monuments to the old days and often mesmerized me in my youth. I wanted to see these old buildings. Some old slaughterhouses, factories, even old breweries that Omaha was once famous for. One building stood out to me though. One of the old slaughterhouses lay close to the train tracks that cut South Omaha in half. This building was massive with almost five stories. It was very long, about three complete football fields wide. Built of brick and steel, this old building was a testament to the people of this city. However, I heard it would soon be demolished and was instantly saddened by the news. Hearing about urban exploration over the internet always piqued my interest, but I was always too nervous about trespassing. Since this building was set to be demolished, I decided to go and see it before it became a parking lot. I set out of my truck on a fantastic fall evening to see this behemoth of a building. I brought my heavy LED mag light and dressed in light hiking gear to avoid looking conspicuous. The slaughterhouse lay near the train tracks in a more deserted area of South Omaha. Around it were other buildings adorned with the same red and white brick that this building also wore. Many tall grasses and empty lots surrounded the building all the while a chain-link fence surrounded the entire complex that was the slaughterhouse. I was prepared for this and parked some distance away on a side street near a garage. Walking towards the building, I became aware of its immense size. It indeed was magnificent and occupied a mammoth amount of space. The fence did not feature a barbed wire top so that I could climb over. 
The minute I stepped onto the ground after the fence, I felt a strange sensation from inside me. Nervousness? Fright? I guess both if I had to really give a guess. Whatever it was, it remained with me as I proceeded on. I approached a door with a window on the side of the building. Whatever logo or name had been affixed to it before had long worn off and the glass was covered in dirt and grime. I tried the handle and it would not budge. I felt the door loose and figured it could probably be opened with some force. I eventually got it open after bashing my shoulder into it, accidentally breaking the lock. Oh well, I thought. It was going to be torn down anyway. I entered the slaughterhouse and flicked on my flashlight. As I stepped into the pitch blackness, I was greeted with a large open room that featured lots of decrepit machinery undoubtedly used for meat processing. The walls and floor were tile, easy cleaning, shouldn't be too long to do that. Long conveyor belts were shaking and snaking through the room strewn with dust and cobwebs. Control stations, desks, and more surrounded me. None of this, though, looked like it had been touched for many years. I made my way through the mess of machinery and dust until I reached a pair of double doors. I pushed them open slightly into another large room. But as I did, something, something changed. It suddenly became frigidly cold, which was odd because it was only 65 degrees out. So sure, it wasn't like hot, but it wasn't cold either. And there was no wind at all. It felt like winter had come into this room alone. I shivered but pressed on. The next room was what I presumed to be the killing floor. It had a significant main pathway for the cattle to move through and then conveyor belts to carry them to the next station to be dressed. Now, living near the stockyards all my life, I have become used to the smells that emanate from this part of town. The smell that hit me as I browsed this room was on a different level though. It was not a familiar smell of cow poop or burnt meat, but of death, decay, and disease. It was otherworldly. I have read and heard about rotting smell lending itself to wendigos, skinwalkers, and the like, so I was on edge. I tried to convince myself that it was just a dead animal or something more reasonable. I continued to walk through the next room with an absolutely uneasy feeling. Suddenly, a sound like no other shook the room with great ferocity. It was the bellow of a ball. It did not sound normal, though sounded like a cry. This was incredibly loud, shrieking like it was about to charge. I looked around quickly to find the scream source, but I couldn't find a damn thing. I continued to move through the room, finally reaching the other end. Bright, shiny tile lined this side of the room, with more conveyor belts, large plastic bins on wheels. As I closed in on these bins, I was in a state of absolute shock. These bins were full of bones. They were massive bones, obviously from cows. How could they still be here? This place has been out of operation for close to 40 years. The bones were still bloody and smelled fresh. I was about to start freaking out at this point, honestly. I looked down and saw the floor was covered in blood from these bins. I quickly stepped back and nearly slipped on the tile. As I did this, I noticed a light from one of the doors near my end. Two red eyes appeared in the dark, and I leaned closer to see what it was. Suddenly, another loud bellow rang through the room, and those eyes got closer. I could hear hooves on the tile floor. I sprinted from my spot, bolted through the door, and got to the other side of the room. 
Once through the door, I ran down a hall lined with shiny tile. I followed this hallway, hoping to find my way out. I expected the bull to find me, or maybe just leave me alone entirely, but I was still determined. I reached the end of the hallway and approached the doorway with rubber flaps across it like you would see at a butcher shop. I pressed through and turned to the right, but stopped dead. A faint red light bulb exposed a workstation with multiple men cleaning a cow. They, they wore long white smocks, helmets, goggles, and rubber boots. One was spraying down the cow, the other was cutting a part off, and the last was moving some bones to a bin. I couldn't believe my eyes. How is this possible? Did some meat packing still take place? That couldn't be possible, there's no way. As I stepped more into the room, I heard something unusual. They weren't speaking English. It sounded almost uh, Eastern European, maybe Polish. It had to be. I remember my grandparents speaking Polish to me occasionally. With my grandfather being full-blooded Polish, I was still in awe what I was seeing. I needed to get by these guys to leave, so I started to move past them. I don't know how, but they heard me and all turned to look. Everyone stopped what they were doing. Three bespeckled men stared at me with only the dim red light exposing them. I froze in my tracks and knew I was trespassing. One man shouted something in Polish to me and began moving my way. The others followed. I fled to the other door and sprinted as fast as possible down the hallway. I heard their footsteps behind me, but their gear must have slowed them down somewhat, because I outran them. Soon, I found an exterior door and bashed it open. I was on the other side of the slaughterhouse but quickly found the road on the west end of the lot, leading me back to the truck. Eventually I did feel safer outside, now that I could catch my breath, walk around and hide. While doing so, I took one more glance towards the building. My legs froze at what I saw. I saw the three men looking at me through an open truck dock. They looked the same, except they had red, glowing eyes. I began to run now, losing my mind in fear. As I saw my truck up the road, another bull bellow echoed through the street and hurt my ears. How could this be happening? I hopped in my car and peeled out of there. Looking in my rearview mirror, I couldn't see anything, but I was forever shaking by what I found. Never again would I explore the abandoned buildings, especially where many animals were killed. What did those men want with me? What would I have done? What was that creature? I have no idea. After doing a bunch of research online, reading a bunch of stuff on Reddit, and even listening to shows like Swamp Dweller, I just kind of think it might have been some sort of skimwalker. I don't know. Was it a skimwalker? By Cam. I want to describe the layout of the cabin we were staying in. Outside, the deck wraps around the house like a C-shape, and the main entrance faces south. The second is facing west, which is where the meadow resides. The stairs on the west, where the field is, have 15 steps and are roughly 10 feet high. The south entrance is above four de The south entrance is about four degrees on the cabin's west side. Big panel glass windows connect to two windows and a screen door directly underneath it. I'll explain more as the story goes on, but hopefully that all makes sense to you. 
My mom and the same boyfriend went on a cruise a year later. I was staying with his parents for the time being. They wanted to go to the cabin and my mom's boyfriend's brother also came. Their names are Mary, Ben, and Kenny. Mary and Ben are his parents and Kenny is his brother. After the trip, I felt off about the entire thing. I shrugged it off and with the previous event, I tried to just push it to the back of my mind. If you don't remember, in a few episodes back, Swamp Dweller shared my story about my initial encounter with what I thought might be a skinwalker. I didn't want to return to that treehouse since no one else would be with me. Still being young, I still wandered around. I was tossed towards the front and looking towards the treehouse, knowing we possibly escaped death. My skin started to crawl for some odd reason. Then I had this feeling of being watched again. As I stared at the treehouse, I see it suddenly collapse onto one side. I got too freaked out, so I ran inside. As the day went on, I did various things such as watching a movie, eating dinner, doing the dishes, and watching a college football game. I passed out on the couch and woke up sometime around midnight due to the lightning and thunder outside. I rubbed my eyes and started up the stairs toward bed. I laid down on my bed. The one I was laying on was right on the edge of the open area upstairs. I felt uneasy about being there as something was definitely peering in at me. I could just feel it in my bones. I looked towards the panel glass windows as lightning strikes. I saw a massive, giant creature up against the glass, tapping it. A complete chill came over my body and I realized what I had just seen. The same creature that saw me get up and go upstairs. Knowing I was there, for some odd reason I got up and headed into the kitchen hiding behind the bar-like table against the countertop. As I was sitting there, the tapping was getting more frequent. Freaked out, I closed my eyes and ended up in a fetal position. I was shaking on the floor. Right next to the cupboards above is the kitchen sink. Above the sink is a small window. I opened my eyes and there in the window was the creature. My body went cold and I went frozen. The face of the beast looked almost human. The eyes were pitch black and the hair was damp due to the rain. It had a flat nose and a mouth like a gorilla. I moved my head to where I couldn't see it anymore, shaking with tears rolling down my face. I heard it walk over to the door and I heard it rattling. Thank goodness, at that moment Kenny walked out of the room and headed to the bathroom. He turned around and saw me on the floor shaking like a beaten dog. He asked, what are you doing? I couldn't even answer. I was filled with fear. Soon, Mary came out to see what was happening, possibly waking her up. They calmed me down, they let me sleep in their third bedroom, and the next day we left. My parents were coming back from their vacation. Of course, Mary and Ben told them about what happened. My mom asked me what happened from the first part to the second, since I could never go up the mountains without thinking of this creature and freaking out. When did it leave the deck? Uh, I believe it was some sort of Sasquatch, but maybe it was a Wendigo or Skimwalker. I, I don't really know. What do you guys in the audience think? I saw something while camping I'll never forget. Bye. Anonymous. Howdy. My name's Elijah, but everyone calls me Gator. But that is a different story. Last year, I and my friends Zach and Piper went camping out in the woods near my house. 
We live in a small town called Supply, North Carolina. The first day went by as always. We got to the pond, unpacked our gear, and got the camo set up, and then we lit a fire. The second day is when things started to get strange. We got up, smoked a joint, and went fishing. There's a river about a half a mile through the woods, so we thought we would go catch something and eat it. My friend Zach pointed out some strange footprints as we were walking there, though. I am a hunter, and the deer down here are not much bigger than a Great Dane, but there were bipedal deer tracks going towards our camp, which we all found a bit weird. I bent down to look at them more closely, and they were almost bigger than my hand. I've never seen deer tracks this big. We continued down the trail talking about the tracks we saw, and got down to the river at last. We sat down at our usual spot and started to fish about an hour in or so. We had five decent-sized red drum, and we packed up and started heading back. We were excited about our catches, but suddenly, we heard a loud scream that went on for what felt like 15 seconds. It was far off, so I wasn't worried about it. I just told them it was probably a panther or something like that since a few mountain lions had been sighted in the area. As we got back to the camp, we noticed that the same tracks that we had saw earlier were now all around our tents, and three giant claw marks were outside the tent. I thought that someone might have been messing with us. We bring a lot of our friends out here, and a few did know that we were going. We stirred the fire back up and made breakfast. The rest of the day was pretty chill. We took a few walks, went swimming, had a few smokes. We talked about a lot of stuff, and pretty much just, you know, we're getting ready for our summer to be over. When we all went to bed, I woke up to the sound of that screaming we had heard earlier. But it was much closer this time. I grabbed my Mossberg 500 and climbed out of my tent. Zack and Piper were already out of theirs. I had asked if any of them had heard it and Zack said obviously they had heard it or they wouldn't be out of their tents. I threw a few logs in the fire, and we all stand around, listening to the sounds of the woods. Suddenly, it got dead quiet. The sounds of the birds, the bugs, and everything else seemingly went mute. We started to hear heavy footsteps around the camp. We looked around but didn't see a single thing. A few moments later, something stepped into the light of the fire but we could barely see this thing because it was so massive. I'm six foot six, and this thing had at least a good three or more feet on me. At first, we thought it was a person, but honestly, it was just too big and almost solid white. It had the body of a man, but instead of where this guy's head should be, there was a deer skull. It crept closer, and I fired three slug rounds into its chest, this thing stopped and looked at me. I told Zack to grab the keys out of my tent, and this thing looked over at Piper. When it did, I shot a fourth round into its stomach. Right as I did this, its head shot straight towards me, and it smiled at me. That's what I think it was doing anyway. Zack had already jumped in the car and started it up. I grabbed Piper and led her towards the car, keeping my gun aimed at this thing when we all had gotten in, Zack hit the pedal and went flying down the road. We were doing at least 60 down this old dirt trail 
when Piper let out a scream. When she did, there was a loud thud and the SUV jolted to the side. I looked behind us, and this thing was keeping pace with the car. Zack does an almost unhuman thing, and somehow gets the car to speed even faster. Once we hit the main road, we were safe, and we kept going. Ever since then, we have not been out camping, and I am not sure if I ever will again. We have not said anything to anyone about this encounter until now. I've been listening to your channel for the last year and a half, and I figured maybe someone else had an encounter like this in this area. I don't know what it is that I saw. By Midori. Hey Swamp, it's me again, Midori. This happened a couple of nights ago. So unlike some of the other things I have sent you, the details, at least those that I know, are still fresh in my mind. So for some context, so for some context, this happened at a park called Stolsoft Park. The whole thing is inside of my city. I would say it is maybe a square mile in total area. Sorry, I'm not too familiar with acres. It is mostly forest, with a playground facing the street on the northern end. The playground, along with the north and south entrances, are elevated hill streets, so the forest gradually goes downward, meeting at a valley in the center. The playground is bordered by a forest on two sides. The swing set, where I was, is maybe ten feet away from the fence separating one side of the playground from the forest. I'm sorry if that is confusing. I should say I usually go swing there anytime between 9 at night and midnight, mainly because I like being the only person in the park. I am not some curmudgeon who does not like kids or anything, I just prefer less crowded places in general. So, on this night I believe it was around 11 something, when I hear shuffling behind the fence. This is not unusual at all, and I don't react in any way. Maybe five minutes later, I heard it again, and it sounded like something approximately human-sized. My first thought was a mountain lion. Despite the park posting signs warning of mountain lion activity, I have never actually seen one here. They do not worry me anyway, because a mountain lion will not usually attack or even really care about a human if you don't do something stupid like mess with their young. I have encountered them elsewhere. They generally mind their own business. My next thought was a creeper, and I mentally prepared to jump off and run to my car. At this point, I was looking at the fence. On that night, the moon was not shining per se, but it was casting its glow, giving minimal visibility. At 10 feet away, however, I would at least be able to see movement, especially of this being's assumed size. As I was mulling it over in my head, I heard not exactly what you call a growl, but almost a moaning, I guess. It lasted about five seconds. Then I heard something moving away. The weird thing was, the movement came from quite a ways off, in the same direction, and the vocalization came from right at the fence, ten feet away from me. Now at this point, the sensible thing to do would be to just leave, but having just happened, I was dumbfounded and just continued swinging for another 30 seconds or so. And then, of course, it got more strange. 
As I was swinging, I saw a flashlight in the distance, near where the playground hits the streets. This is maybe 60 or 70 feet from me. With obstacles such as play structures and other things in the way, my first thought that it was a police officer or something of the sort. The playground technically is closed, and they all are because of the corona situation. But I've swung at parks after they've been closed for years, and if the police even care about things like that, they've never even bothered me. The guy came a bit closer, but he is moving at an angle towards me in the general sense, but moving at an angle. As in, if you envision the area as a clock with me at six, he started at 12 and he is moving towards seven. Sorry, that is the only way I can really describe it. 10 feet from the swing set in the opposite direction of the fence, there's a 20 foot by 20 foot metal overhang with one of those fishnet pattern tables for picnics. I hopped off the swing and crouched behind it. In the day, this would be a completely useless hiding place. But at night, a person hiding behind it would just look like a part of a mass of shadow. I watched as it approached, and while I could not make out any details or colors, I could see that he was dressed almost like a hunter from the show Supernatural. He looked to be wearing baggy pants, a vest and a hat, the most common kind of hat with a duckbill on the front, the kind they sell at Lids. There looked to be things strapped on his arms and legs. Mind you, visibility was unbelievably bad, and I may have mistaken many of these details. He was carrying a flashlight, aimed at the ground in front of him. On his opposite hand, it looked like he had some sort of stick, like a gymnastics baton or something. All I know was the general shape. It occurred to me that if this guy fancied himself a hunter, then a pale girl swinging at midnight is probably the worst thing you can be. Either way, this situation now seemed potentially dangerous. If this person came close, I decided to run for the far fence, leading into the forest. Note that between me and my car, despite the small size of the forest, finding a person hiding in it would be impossible at night. Even with a flashlight, I am completely familiar with the forest. I am currently 27, and I have been coming here since I was 7 or 8 years old. Even in complete darkness, I could navigate it well enough to hide if I had to. As I crouched down, the person stopped briefly, then continued down into the forest entrance. That is basically the ending of our encounter. I waited for a few minutes, and then I tried to see if I could still see it. I am not sure if the two events were related at all. As far as the noise I heard, I know what mountain lions sound like. The only other fauna in the park are deer, squirrels, and insects. I honestly do not know if this was a skimwalker or anything like that. All I heard was the sound. There was no smell, and I did not get necessarily a terrible feeling from that person with the flashlight, even though they were dressed weird. Also, I don't think this force would be big enough to house something like that, but maybe it could be just big enough for something to stop by for a few days. We do have a good-sized forest farther up in the mountains, not too far away, called Hubbard Park. You probably have to travel about 20 minutes through the suburbs to get there, but... I'm not sure that it would be impossible for a skimwalker to bounce between these two locations. Do you guys think I saw a skimwalker? Do you guys think I possibly saw somebody hunting a skimwalker? I don't know. Something resides on these trails, and it's not human. By 
Anonymous. In the 80s growing up, we didn't have all the distractions that kids have today, so we had to make up our own things to do. Many times, this meant going outside, going hunting, or making up games. For our generation, our parents told us to be outside, but for us that lived in a small town, these activities were in abundance. There was one type of activity that almost everyone took part in, and this was riding some type of ATV or dirt bike. For me, this was one of my biggest pastimes when I was a child. When I was just seven years old, a man on the highway was selling a YZ80. Now for me, this was an awesome sight. All I could think of was getting on that dirt bike and riding all day around where I lived. But my dad had other ideas. He thought I was much too young to have something so awesome. It took a few weeks of constant badgering for me to convince my dad to buy it for me. But in the end, my perseverance prevailed, and my dad bought it for me. I was so excited and could not contain myself. Now, I did not know how to ride a dirt bike at the time. The first time that I got on the machine, I popped the clutch, did a wheelie, and flipped the bike. Now, this did not inspire any confidence with my father. It took a little time, but I quickly got good at riding this badass machine. Luckily, I was able to use this open field to perfect my skill as a dirt bike rider. As my friends learned that I had a dirt bike, they started taking me around and showing me a few trails around my town. It slowly became one of our pastimes. We would do this almost every single day after school. It was one of my memories as a child that I really hold on to. There was one place that we went riding. This place was called Emmeline's. I never really knew the person or why it was called this, but there was an old, abandoned house way out in the middle of these woods. This old house had been out there for many years. It had a lot of good riding trails around it, from hills to creeks to wide open trails that you could really open your machine on. Most of the time, there were two or three of us that would go at the same time, but there were times that I would go out on my own. I had done these solo rides several times before this day. On this day, I could not go right after school. I had some homework from school that I could not get done at school, so I had to go home and get it done. I could not ride until everything was done unfortunately, but I think most people know that. So it was later on in the day that I could take my daily ride. It was about 6 in the afternoon before I took off. Now this was in the summertime, so it didn't usually get dark until around 8.30 or so. So I knew it would not be a very long ride because my dirt bike did not have any lights on it. I would have a few hours before I had to return home though. Emmeline's was only about 5 minutes from my house. As I got on my machine, I could not help but put a smile on my face. I absolutely love this thing. I love to be on my bike. After fueling up the machine and checking it over, I put it in neutral, kicked the bike, and started it up. Now, a few days before I had broken my clutch cable, so after starting it, I had to give it a push, jump on, and throw it into gear. This was no big deal, I had done it before. I got rather good at it. My dad had to order the cable and it had not come in quite yet. Off I went, as happy as a young boy could be on his dirt bike. I got to the trails and immediately jumped right in. I'd been ripping up the trails for about an hour and not seen anyone else on them. 
I guess everyone had better things to do on that day. In the middle of the woods was an open field. This field was about four or five acres big if I had to guess. It had a fence built up around it. The fence had been up for a long time. It was rusted and broken in quite a few places. But for the most part, it was intact and in decent shape. Like I said, I had been riding hard for about an hour and had felt the call of nature. Since I had not seen anyone around, I decided to just stop on the trail and relieve myself. Now, I must mention that the dirt bike I had was a racing bike, so it did not have a kickstand unfortunately. So I had to stop and lean it against a fence post. As I was relieving myself, I noticed that it was very, very quiet. Now, I did not think too much about this because I had been riding for about an hour straight. The dirt bike was pretty loud, so I just figured it was because of me. As I was going to the bathroom, I heard some rustling about 50 or 60 yards away from me. I looked that way and I did not see anything at first. So, I assumed that it was probably just a little squirrel since they were everywhere out here. Finishing my business, I started to feel anxious for some reason. This heavy feeling came over me, like I was being watched. I look all around me, but once again, I could see nothing. The bike was only a couple of feet away from me, so I started walking toward it. I took one step and heard something start walking behind me. I immediately turned around expecting to see one of my friends trying to sneak up on me, but to my astonishment, there was absolutely no one there. Trying to shrug the experience off, I walked to my bike, but every step I took, I swear I heard one step behind me. By this time, I was so scared, I did not know what I was going to do. Figuring the only thing I could do was run the few feet to my bike, jump on it, and take off. This had to be a seamless action though, since I did not have a clutch to take off with. I had to kickstart the bike, push it, and throw it into gear all in one motion if I was going to get away from whatever was behind me. Gathering up all the courage and strength I had, I ran. Jumping on the bike, kickstarting it, and shoving it all at the same time was very hard. Somehow, while I was doing all of this, I never stopped hearing the footsteps behind me. I knew wh whatever it was, it was only a few yards behind me. Once I was on my way, I felt a sudden breeze on my back like something had made a swipe at me and just missed. This scared me even more and put more energy and urgency into me. As I slammed the bike into gear, I gave the bike all that it had. I was shifting gears and sliding around every corner like I was a professional. I looked back once and I could see the trees moving, but I was never able to see anything. Even though I did not see anything, it did not take away my sense of emergency to get out of those woods. Once I made it back to the road, I stopped, turned the bike off, and tried to gather myself. It took me a few minutes, but as I did I heard it. The most god-awful scream I had ever heard. It started out low, but by the time that it ended, it was so loud that I, I could feel it in my chest. I got that bike going and got home as fast as I could. It took me a long time before I went back into those woods, but when I did finally go back, it would always be with friends. This was a moment in my life that I would never forget. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Skinwalker horror stories. 
If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to punch that like button so it really feels it. Subscribe if you're new. Be sure to turn on notifications so you never miss a new episode. I upload them multiple times a week on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit it on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I would absolutely love to see your story and share it with everyone here in the swamp. Always looking for nice cryptid stories, looking for things from the outdoors, and even a good ghost story here and there. Be sure to send them on in. If you made it all the way to the end, I very much appreciate you. If you're on the go and you want to download and listen to these Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and literally everywhere else you find podcasts online. It's free and always will be. If you made it all the way to the end, today's code word is Leaping Wendigo. Be sure to comment that down below to confuse anybody who didn't make it to the end. I'll find the one that I think is the funniest and pin it to the top per usual. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Swamp. Don't forget to join us over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the good stuff, X, whatever they want to call it. And I'll see you guys soon with another creepy episode.